welcome to our uh, interesting and fun episode of Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's our 41st episode. We're, uh, we're kind of on lockdown. We're on semi-lockdown. We're on quasi-quarantine. Uh, but we're here to just give you stuff to talk about. We're going to have a nice show full of uh, a lot of fantasy stuff. We're going to go over um, DVR and Ian Khan's sh- uh, teams. So <laughs> my baby's probably going to scream a bunch in the background because that's how we roll. Let's get the crew together once again. The man who tried to get a hamburger named after him, and somewhere in the ether uh, and in another another universe somewhere it still exists, Mr. Yes. Ian Khan. Yeah, I totally got screwed on that, but I still somebody even made fun of me on the Tout Wars uh, page saying that he picked it because uh, more people would buy it, and they're right. And hopefully, uh, you know, that uh, one day I'll win again, and I'm going to do the same thing. Dude. The man who could have sort of, maybe still does, have a shepherd's pie named after him. Derek Van Shepherd's pie is the best thing on the menu at Foley's. I'd just like to state that for the official record. The burger's pretty freaking good, bro. I've had the burger there because I've eaten there. I've been to New York a few times uh, because of Tao Ors, and I think there was one trip. It was definitely a, a solo trip. I had an extra day tacked on. I'm pretty sure I ate five meals at Foley's in less than five days because it was right next to my hotel. Uh, I, I just like going in there and, and looking at the stuff on the walls. So I definitely have had the burger, probably more than one of the burgers. Uh, I ate two meals there in one day watching the NCAA tournament one year, too. That was probably like a top 10 day in, in my life as far as good days go. I didn't realize I had a juicy until I looked at how they posted on the Tower Wars website. Like you said, Ian, Juicy Lucy might have outpaced your burger. It might have, yeah. I th- when I saw that somebody else went Juicy Lucy, I thought, yeah, you know, eh, maybe I should have gone that way. I wanted to keep it a little, little bit more general so more people could get it their way. Have it your yeah, way, right. guys. Have your burger your way. <laughs> oh, those fries are good, too. I'm excited about this show. I know that I, I know that coronavirus is, is shifting stuff, but one of the positives about this particular show, if I might say, Nando, is that yes. like we always we, – we're fantasy baseball content for sure, but we're also up here having a really good time. We just spent 20 minutes on the phone on this before we even started laughing our – tails off um and it was uh super fun so you know that's what we're gonna do and we're gonna be able to do this every week and uh and, and i think we'll we'll bring a lot to the table it's fun yeah i should also note uh if you're looking for an escape and this is by no means me trying to be like oh you know you're inside dude, but the athletic website is still up and running. like the, i'm behind the scenes i'm involved in a lot of the stuff there and there's a lot of stuff on the horizon um just today Eno saris and a couple other guys redid they, they came up with the code breaker they actually found out how to do Codebreaker. So we have a, like an at-home version of, Co- of Codebreaker, which is pretty amazing. Was that with Jason Stark? And, uh, yeah, and Trent Rosecrans, and then Michael Chang on the product Yeah, team. Michael Chang, who's amazing. Come on. How yeah, good dude, they, we basically reverse-engineered Codebreaker. So there's just good stuff still on the site. Check and it out. Theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast for 40% off right now. And because we have the time at home, it's a good time to take a look. So yeah. the best content there is on the net for sports, without question, the premier sports content site there is in the world. Now's a good time to get in and get on. We got some goofy stuff going on. It's going to be fun. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So uh, here's what we're going to do on the show today. Just a quick recap of the last week, because it just seems like monumental changes have happened, especially in the fantasy world. We're just going to recap those really quickly. Um, I got an idea for Ian. Uh, I wanted to get into Ian's draft and then DVR's uh, draft, which, uh, auctions. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting. I went through and like looked at, and I don't want to do this thing that everyone did. Like, let's go over, you know, 
uh, Ian, why did you spend $7 on Chris Sale? We're going to do it a little differently, so it's not that same boring show, but DVR and Ian had some kind of overlap but had no players. But they did have some little quirks. That's how we're going to bring things up. Like they both, there's a tray and a tray on their teams, for instance. Four mics between the two teams. Um, and then the biggest surprise, you guys tied with Yankees. So we'll get down to that in a little bit. But first, uh, Tau Wars went on as planned, but it was done online. Mm-hmm. Uh, our GDD draft that we were talking about, the auction that was amazing, was postponed. NFBC was postponed um, in a crazy couple set of emails and tweets that I saw that they, they announced it to everybody. Greg Ambrosius, I think, did an amazing job of being like, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We do know we got to postpone these things. You know, just everyone just, it was kind of like, everyone just relax for a second. We're in the same boat as you. We're going to make everything right. We're going to refund all these leagues. You can do, you keep the money in there for when we actually do it, or you can pull the money back. Just, you know, as long as everyone's good and whole, we're good. And then like 10 minutes later, Tom Kessenick is uh, tweeting a picture of an empty airplane on his way to New York because they were still coming to New York. Um, and I think they tried to get people together for an auction, like whoever was around and still wanted to do something, just kind of like a, a loose high stakes auction. So uh, props to NFBC for just, I guess, doing things the right way and being normal about it. Um, yeah, I thought as they handled that well. I'm sure you guys eat the emails. You get like, hey, Express would like to tell you how we're combating COVID-19. <laughs> like, I don't care, man. Like, why do I care if a clothing store is combating COVID-19? Um, anyway. You shop at Express? Yeah, it was, that's the oh, same yeah. thing I thought. Really? You, is, that, why, is that weird? Why, Those, the clothes just don't fit me. Like, I, 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 even, they're the only ones that fit me. Their shirts are you fit me great. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is, the, this is the Nando DeFino pants show. Remember a couple of months? It was like two months. It was like a month ago where Nando's yeah. like, hey, I need new jeans. Where do I get yeah. them? Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Help me out. Where do I get them? Yeah, if I, if I ranked a thousand places to buy a pair of jeans, I would have to put Express at the very bottom of the list because of the slim chances of finding any pair of jeans Ooh, in that store so that would did actually this? slim. All right, well, let, me, let, me, let me put it, I don't buy my jeans from there, just my shirts. All right, so uh, just, just and, top half. Yeah, and then let me actually t- express, when I got married, uh, I had I bought socks for all the groomsmen. They were like these these argyle nice. yellow, because my wife, she like she made the colors yellow and gray for our wedding. Uh, yellow, gray, and blue, I think it was. But anyway, so they had these argyle yellow and gray socks, and so I got nine pairs, and I forgot one pair. Um, and so I, like in a frantic, I emailed them and I called them and the lady on the phone was like, I found them. They're at a store in Secaucus. I'm going to get them shipped to you overnight. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. So All right. I'll, I'll be loyal well, that, to Express for the rest of my life because of that, that socks incident. I dig that. And also, Nando, you know, I'm not going to make fun of your clothing because you are pretty, <laughs> you're always a pretty stylish dude. So I should I'm not. I'm normal. I'm buttoned down in jeans, I, man. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. You always come off a little, you know, the Michael Corleone Godfather bit that I always say about you, which is true. Yeah. Um, it's true. You are. You're the godfather of the. I mean, it goes all the way back to uh, to the to the Fantasyland book, and you know, sort of like non, you know, Nando Dufino, Nando Dufino, and you're the godfather, and you do dress pretty uh, pretty snazzy. Gotta oh, say. thanks, man. If, if yeah, you really than pay me. attention, you'll notice it's just the same jeans and then a rotation of shirts under the same sweater, basically, and then I switch <laughs> nice. it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. so that's why. Yeah, I don't know how to dress during summer. Um, <laughs> it's a DVR question for you. Uh, Steve Casolino, the uh, the commissioner of the GDD League, I sent him my entry money, and he sent it back. But uh, in, this, in this situation, a lot of people might be in, do you want it back? Like, I would rather you just held on to it, so it's like one less thing I have to worry about in a month to pay. I think it was a nice courtesy on Steve's part to send it back. I mean, everyone's in a, a different situation right now, given the circumstances. Maybe maybe you need a little more cash on hand, right? I mean, it's only 100 bucks, but still, um, I don't know. E- easier for him if he just knows, like, no one has paid yet. I'm not holding anyone's money. I don't owe anyone anything. And then when we get everything figured out down the road, 
I'll collect payments again. All right. Ian, do you have a you don't care? Yeah, I actually, I, I feel know, the same way. It struck me as being, you know. No, it was it it was it was kind of him because also you know we we were gonna do the draft we we're gonna do it online we're not gonna do it online we're just gonna cancel the whole thing it's like all right let's just start it from fresh I'm totally fine with that I thought it was classy on Steve's part to do it that way we get the money back when and if the season does start hopefully in July maybe late June and we'll all get together and we'll do it you know and uh, and I'll. Give him that hundred dollars right back. It doesn't cost anything to send it back and forth between friends on PayPal, so it seems cleaner to me. All right, uh, Ian, I had a bu- uh, brilliant idea for you. I'm, I'm running through these first few so we can get to the actual baseball stuff, but I forgot one B. I asked Peter Kreitzer if I could get an Ian bill, and this is tied into my brilliant idea for you. Damn! And did, did you get one? Did he? No, say, he didn't. Did they he, make hadn't them? Printed, he hadn't printed them up yet. Damn! I want that. I kind of want that. Well, so like here's, I think they yeah, might make like, them for next year, though. You know, if it, yeah. But then, but but if if let's say we do play the season, and then there's a new champion, I, I kind of think we just kind of get pushed to the side, don't you? Yeah. I mean, they just oh, print, no, they print bills for everybody. Him. They'll they'll have 2019 and 2020 bills. I bet. Okay, sounds good. That'd be fun. And no offense to DVR, but having the guy who played George Washington on his own bill, I thought <laughs> was a cool little piece of historical <laughs> ephemera. That I just I just wanted it. I thought that would have been cool. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have cool, right? Like, that. no one thought yeah, about that. I haven't thought that. about that. No, yeah. I haven't thought about that. And actually, I am going back to play George Washington again. You going to do that's it? Actually, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. All right, well, so here's my brilliant idea, Ian. Go it's for it. Perfect segue into this. So, somewhere along the way, someone somehow in one of my social media timelines was like, hey, Josh Gad is reading children's books to kids every night. You know, like, in the, you know, just yeah, a nice thing cool. he watched. I like that he's doing that. So, Right after that was a bunch of people complaining about how they're homeschooling their kids and I don't know about history. I'm like, you know what? Ian should effing George Washington live stream teach homeschool kids history for this COVID-19 outbreak quarantine. I think that'd be cool. As George Washington. Yeah. For all these kids who are sitting home, like every day at like noon for half an hour, you just tell hey. a George Washington historical story. Every every school teacher would be like, "You got to check this out, man. This is the guy who played. This is the most authentic George Washington person on earth." Listen, dude, you, Nando is Nando is it? That's Nando comes up with. Real, I'm not going to do this because I'm not going <laughs> to. Fair do enough. It. It's, it's a brilliant idea. It. It's, a, it's a really really good idea, but I, I don't think I that uh, yeah. But but it's a really really good idea. I just don't have what I need to actually pull it off. Like the wig is really out of shape right now. The costume, like I need to pull a lot of stuff together. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's, that's a really good idea. Actually. That's a All really, right. really good idea. Uh, it, it, look, if this thing goes on for six months, I will, I will, I will ship the wig to my wig master person who is awesome. Who did my wig every episode. Um, and see if she can, if artist Cohen can get it back together. And if she can and sends it back, I would do that. Yeah. It's not a terrible idea. Kind of like it. I think it's, you know, it'd be nice for the kids, you know, you'd be like, then I can get back to playing General Washington again. See, that's what I'm saying. So what's happening now in this country is very challenging. Of course, it'd be a little strange, actually. I think it'd be a little weird. Like what's George Washington doing on TV on, on my computer, but no, it's kind of cool. I dig it. He's I doing a public it. service. Ian, you're a nice guy like this, man. It just seemed like something you'd want to do for the kids. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, listen, I, when I saw on the rundown, Nando has a brilliant idea for Ian. I figured it was going to be something to embarrass me. This did not embarrass me at all. This <laughs> no. is, this is not no. Nando taking the piss. This is Nando giving the idea. Throwing right? it out there. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's a very good idea, actually. Inspired oh, I, by Josh Gad. 
Well, I, I have to say, I mean, Josh Gad, I, I watched a little bit of that and I thought, nah, it's not, not that great, but I love that you're doing it, but not, not that good. Like, you know, figure it out a little bit better, you, uh, you know, dress. But that's the problem. Like, I'd have to get in a costume and like do all that other stuff. and Only from the neck up. Right. Only from the neck up. Well, the nipples know. up. Nipples up, let's say. <laughs> we are going to talk fantasy baseball, too. Yeah, we're going to get to it. That's a very, very good idea. Very good idea. Uh, so here's a question. Um, you know, a bunch of people who we got some stuff on Twitter and, and some of the comments and some of the stories, people saying, you know, oh, thanks for doing this because I got my dynasty draft. The guys still want to go ahead with it or I have my draft this weekend. The guys still want to go ahead with it. Um, DVR, it seems to me like because I'm still like tailing off on a couple score sheet leagues here um, and my best balls just ended. Uh, is, you know, should people be just like going to best balls and just doing like a slow draft right now as we wait maybe, you know, two months for something to happen? Like, is this a good, like, 10 bucks a shot for this, some of these best balls? You know, 50 a little more for the NFBC draft champions, but a slowish kind of draft. Nothing's going to change, so you have no reason to run out the clock. But just something <laughs> to keep your brain going and to keep, like, drafting, and it's not a ton of money. Is this, like, the best thing for people to do right now? Yeah, I think lower stakes entry fee leagues, uh, whether best ball, draft champions, draft and hole, whatever the format absolutely makes sense right now. I mean, we need diversions. That's why we're here. That's why we're still doing pots. That's why we're still creating content because when we're all just kind of stuck at home, like we still want to divert our minds away from the pandemic. I mean, yeah, we want to pay attention to what's going on around us, but I don't think it's healthy to sit at home all day and, and worry and you know only hear bad news for prolonged stretches of time. So I, I think ultimately this is a great time to start up new leagues. Um, yeah. Lowering the entry fees is obviously a good way to go. I think you could do, you could do fun stuff. I mean, I got an email just the other day. It was uh, about starting up a, like an experts keeper league. Uh, you could do something like that. You could do a dynasty league draft and do a slow draft with it too. And, and take that multi-year view and build something from scratch that way. So yeah, I think best ball. I mean, we've talked about it before as, a great format because there's no in-season maintenance, so you can kind of do that several times between That's it. now and the start. You're not piling the on another league, right? Like you're not like, oh, I don't want to do another. Like I got to go through this and like another league. I got to check my transactions. Yeah, like you're just killing time now for like a month doing a draft. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's yeah, there's there's a, a great case to be made for adding a few leagues to get through, uh, and then you know we're looking at historical fantasy on uh, on rates and barrels too. We talked about Pierre Baquet's idea, Project Goat, which is a pretty awesome idea. You can play with historical stats and you can have leagues as big or small as you want because there's these series of rules you have to follow to try and build the best possible team. So I think any exercise like that, any sort of draft format, any sort of league is absolutely worth setting up at this time, even though we don't know when things are going to be kind of back to normal. It's a great idea. I actually, I think it's best ball is the perfect thing to do. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was rolling around one idea about starting um, something similar, possible starting a new industry, a 15 team, like expert dynasty league, like just of like the top dynasty league players who like have proven their metal and like don't make mistakes and you know like guys who are just the sharpest in the in the, in the country um I was thinking about doing that because a slow draft in that way would be fun you know and I think that look I'm going to be just slightly philosophical about this what what's happening right now is really tough for everybody it's a very challenging time um we've had other challenging times in this country for the last 240 uh 4 years you know, one one of the ways that we can hopefully find a way through it 
is to sort of say, yeah, this is happening to us, but it might also be happening for us in a way. And there may be some positives, maybe, hopefully, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a particularly strong optimist um, that maybe there's something positive that will come out of this time that we'll look back on. Uh, hopefully that people, people's health will stay. That's obviously the most important. Um, but, but hopefully there'll be a, a, a higher level of conscious behavior um, that, that moves forward. Because look, I went to the bank the other day to get some money out. Guys walking towards me, I'm like, yo, okay. <laughs> I gave him like <laughs> 10 feet. And it's like, you're staying conscious in your, in your, in your, I'm staying conscious about everything that I do. I went to get some food for my, for my mom, who's like in her place and for my family. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I've got my gloves on. I've got like stuff. I'm keeping my distance. I'm thanking the people who are working behind the counter because without them, like who's going to eat, you know, whatever. And that consciousness might help us as we move forward with some of the other challenges that are going to be coming in the 21st century, which are coming. So uh, again, the, the hope is that, yes, it's happening to us, but hopefully it will also be happening for us. I bet you could just be yourself and tell George Washington stories on this live stream. George Washington that, story of the day for all the homeschooled kids right now. That 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 would be much more appealing. Right. <laughs> I gotta get out though and get a haircut, man. My hair, like, dude, I was like, it was like two weeks ago. I was like, I should probably get a haircut, and then it's like, oh snap, I'm not gonna be getting a haircut because uh, that person, she's always sick. I'm not going there. Um, she's seeing if you, everybody. If you do this, um, will you promise with the Rivera bag in the background, just as an inside <laughs> joke for the under the radar people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should definitely somewhere do in the background. That. I should just, I, I should tweet out a picture of of the Mariano Rivera bag. Yeah, I think you should. And actually, did I tell you guys? Did, did were we doing a show when I met him this past summer? Do you remember when I met him? I don't think. And I told uh, us about that. I don't. I, don't I never told you this. No. Oh man. So we uh, I, we went to this hibachi place for my son's birthday. I, actually, I think it happened. You, like, Mariano, and your son. No, me, my wife, my, my I know, two boys. I know. And oh yeah, but Mariano. So we're leaving, and there's Mariano waiting for a table. And I'm like, oh, snap, that's Mariano Rivera. And like, I was like, oh, man, oh, my God. And I went over to him and I was like, excuse me, I'm sorry to be that guy, but I just want to shake your hand and thank you for so many years of like great joy that you gave for me and my brothers, my family and for everybody. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And he was very, very kind. And I said, "I, I have your bag. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, I have your, I have your bag. Marcus Thames hit a home run, so I, I have your, your bag. He's like, what? What are you talking about with my bag? It's like, it's, it's probably too. Late. And then I went over to the host. I was like, can he get a table? Do you know who this is? The guy should get a, a table. But I have your bag. He's like, okay, buddy. Can I buy you dinner? He's like, I really don't need you to buy me dinner. I can, I can cover it myself. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go now. He's like, okay, good to meet you, man. Good to meet you. He was very nice. But I did tell him I had his bag. We we, we never quite. I, I think I did say Marcus Timms hit a home run. I think I handled myself a little bit. I think I handled myself a little bit better than that. It's just more fun to tell the story that way. Retelling in your head, it was just a little yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I have your bag, dude. I still I from your championship. He creeped him out a little bit. Nah, Probably. I think. But no, nah, no, nah, it was he was he was really cool. He was it was. You sound was like you're like, trying oh. to sell him drugs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the way you tell this. No, it was, in the, it was in the hibachi restaurant in Westchester, in New Rochelle. Actually, in New Rochelle, where all the coronavirus is. Well, how about that? Hey, man. Hey, listen. You, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get some fantasy baseball on this show for sure. Let's go. There's no yeah, question. We're at, we're there. But you're also gonna get the fun because hopefully it's fun to listen to because we have a good time. Three of us together. We really do. We're at Ian's draft number four. Ian's draft. Oh, dear. Okay. We're auction. Uh, so first of all, first of all, the first thing I noticed was that DVR was moderating the chat room for this one. 
actually, second thing I noticed was when I went to DVRs, you were also popping in in that chat room during the auction, which is a balls on the table kind of move, DVR. I think. Were you really? Uh, yeah, I was chatting along. See, when you were in the middle of an auction, man. <laughs> what? What different? I mean, like. The, when you play Stars and Scrubs, especially, you have these pockets of downtime where you can't really do a whole lot. Like I was basically just jump bidding and just making sure that something unexpected didn't come through well below value. And it actually happened with Cattell Marte in particular. But I just thought it was fun to interact a little bit, you know, while I was putting that team together. DVR is DVR is that guy. He's like Jimmy Stewart in The Wonderful Life. He just takes care of everybody in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can like, see that. He, yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll do the chat. I'll do the chat again the next day. Sure, 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 sure. I'll be there. You know, <laughs> he, he's the future board member of Tower Wars for sure. In the middle of an auction? Oh, don't worry about it, man. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. He gets gotcha. the rotowire seat when Erickson steps down, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's the yeah. when Erickson steps <laughs> right. down. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> those, those, are, those are lifetime appointments. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Okay, Ian's draft. Uh, DVR moderating the chat room. Uh, I noticed DVR wasn't really praising him. I just here's here's what he said about you, Ian. And I, I don't Damn. know if you went back and looked at it. Uh, quote: He's very good at churning. End quote. What does that mean? Uh, quote: It's like butter. <laughs> that was within within season. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh. what I was talking about was having the ability. If, if you build a more risky team, if you take on players with existing injuries, or you take on prospects who aren't going to contribute right away. Uh, it's really important to be a good waiver wire player if you build your initial roster that way. Because if you are not a good waiver wire player, if you are not good at finding and identifying players who can help you, who are freely or cheaply available in season, you will just come up short across the board. So yes, that was a compliment of your ability to play the waiver wire exceedingly well. And uh, I, I tried. Me. I tried not to you know, kiss butt throughout the time in the chat with everybody. Like that, that league's mostly full of my friends. Tout Wars is almost all people that I, I really like and, and interact with either on podcasts or on Twitter or in person when we get to get, get together in, in Foley's and places like that. Um, so I, I tried to be, you know, just pretty neutral uh, across the board. Hopefully I, I was providing useful commentary to somebody out there. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm picking on you out of fun. No, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no, just the things you said about Ian's team. Oh, okay, yeah, no, it's it, uh, now. It's I just thought it was maybe about butter. Okay, what's that? It's usually about butter, but it was not yeah. about butter this time. Gotcha. Oh, Ian, you should have that as part of the live stream, man. Well, that's, <laughs> that could be like butter. Yeah, let's turn butter on the schedule. How to churn butter? How we did in colonial times. <laughs> yeah, I just not qualified for that. All right, fine. That's maybe you could bring the, in the, the rest curry. of the idea is still very strong. It's very strong. I like it actually, especially if I'm not in costume and I can just throw the voice out there every once in a while for fun. I think it'd be cool. Maybe we can get yeah, you a, like a Muppet, like a little puppet of Washington. <laughs> then you could do the voice. Oh my God, we're really, we're going to build this. this if we this build the it, they will idea. come. The puppet's yeah. the greatest idea so far. It really is. It's actually quite strong. That can't be hard to find. I look like a puppet, but really, I'm the founding father of this nation. Boom, boom, boom. Here's how you churn boom. butter. You have and to this. make the puppet yourself. That's that's also part of the rules. <laughs> no, I'm not making that darn George Washington puppet. Can't do that. Out of the Argyle socks from Nando's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any. They're all gone. <laughs> oh man, that was that was that was a uh, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle callback right there, man. Dave Chappelle, listen, hey, side quick sidebar. Sorry, I know we're talking about the draft, but I, I caught some Dave Chappelle uh, comedy on Netflix. Damn, that's some good stuff. I mean, it's it very his last one is very risky and like he says some stuff that makes made me very uncomfortable. Um, 
but there was one where he's in like in a jumpsuit. I didn't like that one as much as the one in Austin, Texas. That thing was so funny and so like the callbacks. You know how Seinfeld would do like these callbacks where it all kind of ties together? Chappelle does that so, so well. This is what you just did with the Argyle socks. Way to go, DVR. Good job, DVR. I'm trying. Back to DVR's comments in the in the chat room. Okay. Uh, he asks, has Ian nominated closers each of the last four turns? Which I yes, thought I was did. pretty, yeah, that was very uh, insightful. Was that part of the, did you, all right, Ian, let me ask you this because I didn't actually go back and look. Did yeah. you get closers and then you nominated closers or were you nominating zero, closers to get, okay. Zero closers. Because of the point system and the way it was set up, uh, closers had no value in this setup. Okay. Because the only value really is starting pitchers. And the way the point system is set up, starting pitchers, last year, hitters were overvalued and pitchers were, I mean, closers were overvalued and starters were completely undervalued. This year, starters are wildly overvalued. Closers have zero to negative value and hitters are far less value than the starters. So starters are everything. And if you look at my team, you'll notice it's all starters, um, except I have one or two RPs because we have to, we have to roster an RP or two. So what I realized was somebody put out Josh Hader and it went for, I think, 13. And I went, oh, people don't know. There are people, and four people were bidding. Um, and I didn't even realize, to be, to be honest, my, my weakness was I didn't realize that we have to roster a couple of RPs. But from my perspective and from my conversations with Clay Link um, before the draft, because he's also in the thing, and we were like going over the point system. And it's like, whoa. We beat him down we- last year, didn't we? <laughs> We were like, whoa. No, you did. Um, Come on. You beat Clay Link to get to the finals last year. No, I beat Clay Link in the finals last oh, year. Oh, right. That was it. Clay right, Link beat it, everybody right. down during the regular season. And then I slipped through and won by the skin of my teeth because his whole team in week two got injured. Um, and I was able to pull it out. That's that's the truth. Um, <laughs> but our relief pitchers didn't have value this year. They're, they're negative points. Like, um, a uh, guy like uh, Kyle Hendricks is worth $25 in this format, and Josh Hader is worth minus $3 in this format. And so, yeah, it was kind of not ideal, but I played to the game, you know, play the game. And so when, when I did that, and I saw that there were guys who were going to bid on these closers, and people who were going to bid on these closers, I was like, oh, let's get the money out, and let's get more closers. Because w- w- what I realized was there's nine teams with no 12 teams with nine spots. I thought there were going to be 108 starters taken, right? Based on the setup. But I saw, oh, people are going to be taking other, people are going to take some of those spots in the auction for closers when I, I, that wouldn't be my play. Um, so I'm going to encourage that. And that's why I just kept doing it. I just kept going out there. DVR, do you find it boring? Because I do. Like a strategy like that, where like when my turn comes up, sometimes in the auction, and I got a different strategy every time it comes around to me who I'm going to throw out. Maybe it's a guy I want. Maybe it's a guy I don't want. Um, but like, just, just I know Larry Schechter did this one year too in Tout Mix, like six years ago. But just like throwing, you know, you go around, you finally it's your turn to say a name, and you're like, let me just stick to the strategy. And here's a third close in a row I'm going to throw out. Does that bother you? Can you play like that, or am I just too excitable when my pick comes up? So I kind of play more like you do, I think, with the nominations where I'm throwing either a player I want or a player I don't based more on what I'm trying to do in the auction room. So that would mean if we're, let's say we're kind of going through a run of second tier first baseman. Uh, Let's just say that Goldschmidt and Jose Abreu just went off the board for like 18 bucks. 
Uh, I didn't get either one of them. And it's my turn to nominate, and I want to get Anthony Rizzo at a similar price. I throw Rizzo at that time, assuming that everyone's going to kind of price Rizzo off of those other two guys. Uh, if I thought the prices were high, like let's say that Abreu and Goldschmidt went for 28 apiece, and I want Rizzo, I throw somebody else at a different position entirely. I probably go from hitter to pitcher. Um, so I, maybe I throw a pitcher I don't want, maybe I throw a pitcher I do want, but I, I try to like react to what the room is doing and either play into that by getting something I want at a good price or completely changing what everyone's thinking about. So that way I can maybe get a better value later on. Uh, I think what Ian was doing is something that I've seen Lenny Melnick do probably every year in NL labor. Like Lenny doesn't buy closers. So he just nominates closers for the first three hours of the auction. So boring, though, right? Well, well, I, I, but wait. Let me let me just say. Also, I wanted all four of those were before the first break, and I was afraid that somebody was going to reach out to the players and say, "Hey, you're you're misfiring here. Don't don't take closers. Like closers aren't worth anything." You know, you know what I'm saying. So, like, and I, I may be wrong. I'm, that may have been a misfire on my part. That that maybe I should have paid for a closer. Uh, just the point system was set up in such a way that it was like they, they don't bring you any because it's all about innings pitched because you get three points for every inning pitched and you get eight points for a win and five points for a quality start. So like if you have a good start, you're going to get 37, 38 points. And if you close a game, you're going to get eight, you know, seven. And strikeouts mean nothing. Strikeouts mean nothing almost in this league. And you threw out uh, Garrett Cole with your first yes. with your first nomination. Did you yeah. want Garrett Cole? No. Or were you throwing uh, him out there to get people who might I have your re- same strategy to overpick? I wanted to see I wanted to see where everyone was if they were if everyone was thinking the same way that I was thinking about starters. And I was going to price it by cuz the hitters like Mike Trout under this point system Mike Trout had thir- was worth $32 and Garrett Cole was worth $45. And Trout right. was by far the most uh, Acuña was like 28 um Betts was like twenty six, so I this just is value. This isn't what people paid. This is the the value going right. in. You. Thought. This is the okay. value of the point system. I use the RotoWire draft software, and gotcha. this was the values that I saw right based on the point system. And I just wanted to see where everyone was at, and I was expecting Cole to go for like fifty. And Clay and I, Clay was buying up, buying all, buying up all the starters, paying forty two, forty three for all the top starters, and that was my plan too. Like I, I paid more in pit. Like Clay did one hundred and sixty five of his two seventy on pitching, on starting pitching. In in oh, that, and, right. and mine was a little more like fifty fifty. But I paid for Strasburg, I paid for Kershaw, and I was going up against Clay. We were going up against each other for all these top starters. Um, and so, so that was the, that was what I wanted to see where everyone was, and I was sort of surprised. Again, I could be dead wrong, and you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's possible. Well, if you were dead, if you were dead wrong, would you've got like if Cole stalled out at like 31 for whatever I reason? Would, if the room was weird, you would have pounced, right? Absolutely, for sure. I started right. at 35. I started at 35, which gave me, uh, I, as far as I was concerned, I was going to bid up to 39. And then it got over 40. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't typically like to buy the first few guys. I like to save a little bit of money and try to get the value, which I think I did later on. Um, but that was that was the purpose for Cole. Otherwise, I would always put out. If, if the point structure was more balanced, I would have done Trout for just out of, you know. But I also gave a tip of the hat to Lar Michaels. Because if we were in the room, I would have handed it off to Frank Stample who was a new and a friend, good buddy of mine, and he, um, who did a great draft, by the way. His team is really good. I would have given it to him the same way that Rick and Glenn gave it to me at AL Labor uh, as a, out of respect, 
saying out of respect to Laura Michaels, we're going to give the first, as champion, we give the first throw to the new guy, Ian Khan, you get the first throw. And I would have done the same thing for Frank. So I just sort of said, I can't do that because we're in this situation. So just shout out to Laura. No, that was really nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I like that guy. He was great. Yeah, he, he was a good guy. He was a very good guy. Uh, DVR, in the chat, you actually shouted out Ian at one point saying that his Moncada bid for, or his Moncada win for $15, arguably the best value of the day so far. Then you spun it around. And so, like, I understand this is a points league. The strikeouts might hurt you a little bit. But Moncada overall, you notice the same thing I kind of have. You said, is there something giving the masses pause with Moncada? Um, and this is across all formats, as far as I've seen it, too. Um, it seems like he's going undervalued. It seems like people, for whatever reason, don't buy into this, even though he was like a super stud coming up. Um, what are you? Are you feeling the same way? And is it totally, totally wrong? Like you would have gone sixteen, I assume, at this point, if you were in that draft. Yeah, in, in the head-to-head draft that Ian was in, there were teams that had money to spend still when Mankata went out. I think in the mixed auction I was in on Saturday, Mankata was the last top seventy-five player to get thrown. Most teams didn't have money left, and I think Brett Sayer got him at like 19. So it was a good value then, but the circumstances were a little bit different. So that's why I was I think, more surprised by the, the lower price uh, in Ian's draft uh, the day after. But what I think people are fixated on is just 2017 and 2018. I mean, clearly two, well, a year and a half really, where he was a below average contributor in batting average and had strikeout rates above 30%. Like that's got to be where some of the concerns come from. But usually recency bias is everything in terms of where players get priced. And it just doesn't seem like Mankata is really catching as much helium as he should based on how good his 2019 season was. And I think the thing that stands out to me is that even when he was striking out more, he's always been able to walk. He has some speed to fall back on aside from being able to hit the ball very hard and bringing that power to the table. And as you mentioned, Nando, this is a guy who was supposed to be an elite player. If you go back and look at prospect grades on him, Yohan Mankata has a future value 70 on his fan graphs page. That's from 2017. There aren't many prospects who get a future value 70. Now we've seen him put those skills together over a full season. And somehow there's this, uh, I'm not really sure. It's like... It's crazy to me. Like, Mankata's becoming one of those early round players that I expected him to kind of sneak up the draft board as we move through March, and it really wasn't happening. So, I'm definitely interested in Mankata as things uh, get rolling again because the lineup around him gets better. There's significant upgrades there in terms of uh, free agent signings like Grandal, uh, Edward Encarnacion. They promote a few young guys like Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal. So top to bottom, the White Sox have one of the more balanced lineups in the league. That drives up the runs and the RBIs. The power-speed combo looks real. Sure, Yohan Mankata may never hit 315 in a season again, but look at the projections. Projections are between like 266 and 274. I think he can easily be in that range, and I think there's reason to believe he's like a 280, 290 guy in the long run because of the hard contact that he's able to provide. I love him. Ian, I assume, would you have gone 17 if someone snuck in a, a 16 there? Yeah, I think I probably would have. But also, in this format, stealing, stolen bases don't matter, uh, really, at all. Uh, it's really a power-based league, uh, which you can tell if you look at my at, at my purchases. There, he's Mankata is probably the only guy, I think. I mean, Lorenzo Cain steals a little bit, but I got him for two bucks. 
um, everyone else is power because that's really where you accumulate the most points in this format. You only get two points for a stolen base. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen five points for a stolen base because they are so rare nowadays. But it was the same thing it was last year. So, you know, looking for speed in this format, again, in points leagues, like you got to know what the points are. And if you don't, you're at a real disadvantage. So that's why I, I think that I think that accounts somewhat for why Moncada isn't as high. But I, yeah, I, I also third base is so deep. But I like Moncada. If you look at my team and you look at all of my teams, you're going to see mostly guys who were top prospects at one point. You know, if you go back to AL Labor, like, why are you paying so much for Byron Buxton? Well, I need the speed in AL Labor, but also he was the number one prospect in baseball for a long time. Like, I think I, you know, that's why Nando and I are always pounding on the jerks and profar. It's like, there's going to be a point where he's going to be able to put it together or everyone was just dead wrong. You know, and maybe everyone was, and Dondo and I are still pounding that drum, and we may be dead wrong, but that's where it comes from, and you know that's why I pick the guys that I pick typically. I believe in us. I do too, and the scouts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's Ian's, Ian's quick quick overview of Ian, really quickly. Um, so DVR. I want to just jump into a couple of your things, and then I want to pull it back to kind of what both of you did. And then we got all the auction prices you guys paid for. I, I just didn't want it to be like, let's go through each guy and how much you paid and whatever, whatever. Um, I want to mix it up a little bit just to be a little different because I feel like everyone's doing that right now. So we're not under the radar. Uh, DVR did mixed. Tat Wars mixed. Um, I found this interesting, DVR. Your reserve round was kind of like all over the place. Um, <laughs> it, it, but not, not in like a bad way at all. It's just like it's, it looks like, honestly, like one of mine where there's not uh, like some guys like to do their reserves where they just have a strategy, you know, they're all pitchers, whatever, whatever you had AJ Pollock, you had a uh, Yoshomo, uh, suits, Tsutsugo. Yeah. There. We, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for, you couldn't hear me. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Ender and Ziarde, Spencer Turnbull, Alec Bohm and, uh, Diego Castillo. I, I get the first two. Um, Ender and CRD, I do to a bit, but what brought Spencer Turnbull onto your team? So I think the people I podcast with, they're all having influences on my life in different ways. Uh, you, by the way, I put these reserves together overall. Um, you know, for no, you don't have to say you don't have to. That sounds cloying. No, you don't have to say that. no, no, seriously. Like I, <laughs> I think I think it's a little bit of all these things, kind of like bleeding into how I'm looking at the player pool. But Spencer Turnbull, in particular, I think Eno brought him up twice a day for three days at first pitch Florida as a guy that he was targeting at AL labor. Um, I like Turnbull a little bit last year anyway, and, and kind of looking more closely, he has a deep pitch mix. He's got plenty of opportunity. There is reason to believe that his 2020 results could end up being better than 2019. The ratios could come down a little bit. Strikeouts could be there as well. Uh, so he just seemed like a, a viable starting pitcher flyer at the time. I had a few other guys on my list that all got scooped up right before my pick. So it was definitely a case where there was a, a mini run in the reserve draft. And I think, let's see, Jordan Lyles was kind of in the same boat for me. Like, I think Turnbull over Lyles is something that the more I think about it, I would prefer Turnbull. But Lyles, at least being on a decent team, might be something that makes him more valuable. Um, but as far as like just chasing mostly outfielders at the beginning, I think it was looking at the way I built my team. I didn't spend a lot on outfielders. I happened to be a lot stronger on the infield. Um, so I want to take a few shots for guys that could emerge to end up with surpluses of playing time in the outfield. And I think I did that pretty well, though. Like Pollock, I keep coming back to him as the old boring guy that I'm going to have on a lot of teams this year. 
Uh, I know we don't know what's going to happen with Jock Peterson and the crowding in the Dodgers outfield, but Pollock was a $16 million a year player that the Dodgers just added prior to last season. So they clearly like him. And I think he's going to be more than just a small side platoon guy. Tons of bad luck in terms of injuries over the years too. So health's obviously a big question mark there. Uh, But really it was loading up on outfielders because I felt like that was probably the weakest part of my roster coming out of the auction. The one thing I failed to do is I wanted to get a third starting pitcher and I just didn't really see one that I liked. So I took that flyer on Alec Bohm in the fifth round and then I took a reliever in Diego Castillo uh, with my last pick because I'm not convinced that Nick Anderson's the closer for the Rays start to finish the season. Like I think he's a great reliever. I think he's got the best skills in that bullpen, but there's not that much that separates Castillo and Alvarado and Andrew Kittredge. Like they have so many ways they can go about it. Um, I think it's still wise to throw a cheap dart at somebody else in the Rays bullpen, even if you believe in Nick Anderson, because that job is very much up in the air. Was Alvarado already gone? I assume he was, right? And then, so Castillo was like your third choice, or would he have been your second choice? That's a great regardless. question. Regardless. I, I don't know. Jose? Jose Alvarado? Yeah, I think, yeah. Was, I think Jose oh, wait, Alvarado. Wait, is it Alvarado? I said Alvarado because DVR. No, you're right. No, it's Alvarado. No, Alvarado. All right, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, no, you got it. No, I, you know what? I don't remember if Alvarado was still out there. I think... I don't know what it was that day, but Castillo was just in my mind. I'm like, nah, Diego Castillo. Like, that's where I want to take the shot this time. I have Alvarado in at least one draft and hold, and it's really anyone's guess if they don't use Anderson who they would turn to. Uh, So I think Castillo, because he had a a little share of the closer role early on last year, was a guy that kind of popped up to the front of my list at that point. Alvarado was not taken in the reserve. Maybe he was taken earlier, but... No, I don't feel like going to find that link. Yeah, no, I don't think he was. Maybe it was a one dollar. Maybe someone threw a buck. No, yeah, probably not. Not in the fifteen team mix. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, all right. So DVR, you could technically, uh, if you got some guy like this happens to me a lot. There's a guy who's on the IL. I immediately IL in the first round of Fab. You you can grab him, and then just have him sitting on your bench, and you got both Tampa Bay options, kind of. Yeah, unless it's Kitteridge. Yeah, I might do something like that, like really early in the year, see how it plays out, and then you know. Potentially have to cut both of them if it doesn't work out in my favor, but I think that is a a strategy worth implementing if you have a, a deep enough bench to pull it off. All right, um, let me, so we're going to come back to to yours as well. I just wanted to bring that up quickly as just a couple things that stood out early for the two of you. Um, and then what I did was I took both of your teams and I threw them into a spreadsheet and I did a bunch of different weird sorts and came up with a couple things. We could bring up some players uh, kind of naturally by what you two did. Um, so here's what we did. First thing I noticed, uh, between the two of you, you have two Corys. You have both Kluber and Seeger, um, which I thought was in, it fits kind of like the. Uh, I don't. They actually don't fit any kind of mold at all. I should have actually written down who had who. But, I had uh, I, I had Kluber, and I have Kluber because of uh, DVR. That's the only really? reason. Yep, he's the reason I have it for two reasons. One, he was talking about him on the show, and then two, in our uh, keeper league that we drafted, what was it, Derek? Like ten days ago? Yeah, it was only like uh, ten days ago, but it feels like feels it was like drafted it feels a year like, ago. Yeah, but Derek and I were fighting over Cord Kluber, and it, it's you know it's it's a weird situation. It was like twenty, I think I got to twenty six dollars, and I got Kluber, and he didn't. Um, and, but I was like, no, I know Derek believes in him and I'm, I believe in Derek. So, all right, Corey Kluber. And then in this draft, he came out late and I got him for 10 bucks. And I was like, you know what? I, I just don't want to let him, I think it was Nick Pollock I was up against. And I was like, no, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go Kluber here. 
and I got to 10 and I was like, yeah, that's a good price. And then I closed on that. So it's actually funny because you say that we didn't have any of the same players, but I have, we, but I, I, both of you are in my mindset as I'm doing this auction. So there are guys that I know both of you like that we've been talking about for a year that end up on the team because of that. Yeah, Lewis Brinson, cool. it was one of my reserve picks in that keeper Gosh. league. And I, I, Damn. I, I gave you a shout-out, Nando, in the chat, which doesn't really matter because you know only the people in the league could see it. But, uh, yeah, that, that stuff happens all, all the time, I think, when, mm-hmm. you, when you read people, when you work with them, you host shows of them. Like, you're going you're gonna to start to glue uh, yourself to some of the players that they like if you're, if you're buying into you know, why they like them. Yeah, I regretted not getting Brinson very much. This is great. Like everyone suddenly loves Lewis Brinson. <laughs> yeah. Well, All you've right. been ca- you've been screaming about him, and now he's finally acting like a sophomore in high school and not like a scared freshman. So he's hitting the ball. You know, the you only know? answer I, I I'm assuming that they just messed with him too much last year because uh, I remember the the president I forget his name uh, Derek Cheater. No, the the GM the the GM, <laughs> but I think his title is president. Mike Hill. Um, yeah. Thank you. When they asked him something about it, it was Andre Fernandez column, and he was saying, like, yeah, he's looking good, but he's still got to work on some things, and his swing isn't quite whatever. It's like they just, I don't know, he, they, it seemed like they were messing with him a little too much, and I think maybe James Rousen comes in and fixes him. You've been saying. You've I think been talking about this hitting yeah, coach. Could be wrong. Huh? Could be, I mean, but his upside is, for that price, his for upside is out of this world. Yeah, yeah like, the DVR has a, if I can just give some shout-outs to some players that I just love at the prices that he got, getting Syndergaard for 17, that's a steal as far as I'm concerned. Um, Voight for seven. But then also Kettle oh, Marte yeah, we for 19. Voight, we got a Voight note coming up. Kettle Marte that's- for $19? And w- w- what happened? He's Kettle Marte. He should be going for 26 How did that happen? It was, was it late? Kind of late? late. Like I'm trying okay. to. Like, it was after the first break. I like they had me on SiriusXM because I'd spent so much money. They're like, "Well, let's talk to the guy that doesn't really have to do anything for another hour." Uh, so they had me on the show, and I was saying, "Yeah, I'm probably going to lay low until the end game and really try to control like the last hour and and get a lot of the cheap bargain players I want by having a few extra dollars left." And I made a liar out of myself, like five players in after the first break. When Marte was sitting there at, I don't know, 15 or so, and bidding was kind of slowing down, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing this. And I thought somebody would push him up to like 25, and he wouldn't end up on my team because yeah. I wasn't going to spend 25 on a player there. Uh, so I had to sort of change my plan on the fly, and I was kind of tracking it and thinking about how many $1 players I'd have versus, say, like 7 to $8 players. And even with Marte, I think I'd spent maybe 199 out of 260 on my first nine players. I still felt like I could split the difference of the remaining roster spots between $1 players and like $7 or $8 players and still come up with a team that I really liked in part because just as was the case in, in Ian's auction, there was so much spending early. Players were going for 3 5 7 even $10 above their projected values. You knew money was going to be coming off the prices of players at the very bottom. Yeah. That's why when you look at the results, there are so many cheap players in both of these auctions because generally... Almost everybody in both of the rooms spent wildly early on. There were a few disciplined players. Jeff Zimmerman did a good job of staying disciplined in mind. I think Chandler was pretty good about not overspending early. He didn't completely ignore early players, but he was just very careful about when he actually rostered someone. Like I think Freddie Freeman at like 41 was Ron's most expensive player, 
And then no, he started cleaning that. up in the last couple hours, just finding a I bunch of guys that, that should have been twenty dollar players for eleven, twelve, thirteen bucks. Like, can it, I get into that theory though, Nando? That, that of course the. the when people go full stars and scrubs, I think, I think it's a, it's not my style, right? It's just not my style. Like I want to be able to control not the end game necessarily, but the two thirds of the way through game, which I was able to do, right? And I think part of the fear is that like if you don't spend some money as you go, like you're gonna run out of good players to buy, and you're gonna end up with like thirty extra bucks that you're not spending your auction, right? I think that that's part of it. But to be disciplined, it's 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 like Pringles. Like once you buy a player, it feels so good to get them that like you want to do it again. And you really need to stay disciplined about it, and really just sort of say, "Hey, is that a good price? That's not a good price. Then I'm not going to do it, even if it's even because I want to save. Like you know, being able to get Justin Upton for three or Urias for seven, which was exciting. Um, I love or that. Conforto for eight. Or Mike Miner for two, having that extra money at the end is the difference between Mike Miner for two or, uh, you know, I don't know, Mike Fires for one. It's a pretty big difference. I, uh, well, I don't want to take us off track with the Urias for $7 buy, but that was amazing. But yep, so that was a, that was a Nando yeah. Defino special. There you go. Um, I was on a, I was on a, I did a show, uh, the Brodo show, uh, which I thought was B Roto. But it's these two bro- it's two brothers. When I went on, they're like, oh, this is my brother. I'm like, oh, Brodo, that's what it is. Besides the point. But they asked, what's the difference between a fantasy baseball and a fantasy football draft? And I said, for a football draft or an auction, whatever, you can drink and have some fun. Because your impulses, you got a lot of money to spend for fewer positions. And your impulses, you know, are sometimes okay. But if you do it for a fantasy baseball auction or draft, Ian, what you described would be exacerbated. Like, when I'm having a good time, I have a couple drinks, you know, having fun. Um, you get a little more passionate and you want to be in the action and there's no, you can't handle those lulls when you've been drinking a little bit. You you can't, it's impossible. Like you get so hyped up when you buy a player, like you said, like, I just got to keep doing it. Like, you know, like I wouldn't be able to pull out like four closures in a row as nominations if I'm drinking, if I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, straight up buttoned down, ready to go. But uh, I don't know. So, I don't know if you guys have experienced that. No, it's it's so important. It's it's just that you, the fun that you have in the first hour then turns into three and a half hours of frustration. It really does because you're like, oh man, I don't, I just can't, I can't, I, I don't, I want to, but I can't. It's like there are going to be other guys. There was a guy like I really wanted Chris Bryant in this draft, and he just went, it just went a little too high, and I was like, you know what, I, I'm not going to get Chris Bryant. And even though Chris Bryant was somebody who I was targeting, the only guy who I overspent on a little bit, I think, and it was because of the system was Clayton Kershaw for 29. And it was just Clay and I were going at it. And because quality starts are so valuable, like you got to make your decisions on, okay, this is a guy I'll, I'll, I'm going to spend because I think it'll be a good thing. And I, I think I also slightly overspent on Machado. Uh, I got him for $24, um, which I think is a little bit high for uh, for his value in this particular points league. But I just think it's a big year for Machado. So I believe in him. And, and I did that. But other, other than that, like I looked and I was like, there aren't that many of my guys on this team. You know, I wanted Schwarber, didn't get him. Wanted Harper, didn't get him. Like there were a lot of guys. And I was like, no, I'm looking for value. That's what you should be getting. Don't get guys you don't like. Like, I'm not cool with that. Like, I'm not going to take a guy who I think is going to suck because he's so cheap because he's still, I still think he's going to suck. But like, uh, there was, who was it? Like, I'm like, ah, why did I get him on my team? Eh, not really. Not really. No, I'm fine with that. No, that was okay. Do you guys play OOTP? Have we been through this before? On the show? No, I'm about to start playing. 
What is that? Right, DVR, you, you signed up for that league, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the 30 team league. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ian, uh, it's it's, a, it's a sim game. Yeah, actually, we probably could get you. I in. think we I think we do have a couple spots left, Ian, so we can get you in. Um, Sweet. So, uh, um, Eno and, and Grant Brisby are kind of running it. Um, we've done it for years in fantasy. Be, I, I actually learned it from my brother-in-law who got off like Reddit or something. But uh, it's this game that sims the season for you and like many, many, many seasons into the future. Um, you're the GM. It's not like the, the PlayStation game where you actually play. It's you make all the moves. You can like set ticket prices. You sign free agents. You can hire and fire all the coaches. You can run the minor leagues. Like You can get as deep into it as you want. And then it'll sim the games for you. Um, so it's basically like playing the season and getting actual stats and seeing how the games play. But I think the way we're doing it is when you start it, and I think I've never actually done it with more than just me. Like I just sat there. We took the Padres over. This is like five years ago. And we destroyed a family Easter because the two of us were just like five hours just like <laughs> shut in making this team. And like we were trading for then, like we, we were trading for Miguel Sano, who was still in the minors. Um, Jed Jerko was on the team. It was like this. We built this Padres dynasty that won the World Series in 2021, 2022, and 2024. I think somehow we got Strasburg on our team. But it's just crazy. Like it's just, you make these amazing trades. You can build these teams up. Um, so anyway, it's, 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 I think it comes out on Friday. But um, they're giving us you know, codes to, to get a bunch of teams, and we're going to run one. And I think the idea was going to be like, to get all the beat writers take their team and kind of run it. But uh, you know, some people have other things going on. There's some big stories going on in the background. So, uh, Ian, maybe yeah, we can get you in on this. It's going to be fun. Like, I'll take the Yankees. I think the Yankees might still be out there. They could be still out there. Hey, now. But, I mean, you have to operate under a salary cap. I'm all and for it's, it. It's good, but I mean, you can I'm just hire scouts and lower, lowering ticket prices. You can fire Aaron Boone if you want. Nah, I like Aaron Boone. I right. like him. Yeah, I like um, him. I like Cashman. It's all good. You set your lineups. You bring people up and down. They have crazy injuries, like a guy slips on ice. Like stuff like that happens in this game. <laughs> a guy slips on ice. It's like Jonathan yeah. Lucroy when he broke his hand. You know, with a with a nah a suitcase accident. luggage, right? Yeah, yeah. The suitcase. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're holding the suitcase awkwardly. And you you fall or, or you know you're trying to lift it up hard. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's in right. that game. So just for anyone else who's out there, kind of bored. There's that, um, and there's also I guess there's Top Chef Fantasy going on in the background here too. Really, the background of the company. Yeah, people are talking about getting a Top Chef Fantasy League. Does anybody play Stratomatic? Anybody playing these Stratomatic leagues? You know, because I find I would do boring. that. Talk to Joe Sheehan. Joe Sheehan's a big Stratomatic guy. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to get in get get into Strato a little bit because I played I that when I, don't I was like a kid. It. That's really I, I I grew up with it. Like my older brother and I played for five years. Then my younger brother and I played for five years. It was like a big part of our 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 childhood. It was it was really cool. I played baseball be, dice. Be, yeah, it's kind of fun. I, I I enjoyed that. Did you guys play baseball? We just it's two dice and you roll and like you know a twelve is a home run and like a you know double one is a triple. Snake Eyes is triple. You know, like it had every every role you had was assigned. Well, that's and what you Strato just, was you'd like. play against someone. That's what Strato was like. I'm all about yeah. it, man. Yeah. Strato League, man. I'm 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 gonna have to read out, reach out to Joe Sheehan. Um, we should. also have a. Where else? Where are, where are we? Where are we? All right, you where know. What, I mean, we got. So here, here's the list. You guys can stop me if you want, because I do want to get into some more of these individual buys. But uh, between your two teams, you had a Kenta, a Keston, and a Cattell. Nice. Uh, there were two Kyles. There was a Seeger and a Tucker between your two teams. Um, DVR actually got both of the Seegers. Congratulations. Yeah, if there were seven reserve rounds, I would have drafted Bob Seeger in the seventh reserve <laughs> round. <laughs> could have also, it, that was all Kenta, Keston, and Kettle are all with with uh, DVR. 
I don't have a Kenta or a Keston or a Kettle. Well, I didn't. I didn't really look at the names next to who got these. I know between the two. Yeah. All right, four mics. You got to have some of these in. Could four? I got three of the four mics. Miners and you know. But the Zanino now DVR. I was thinking that you picked the Zanino because we've been talking about him. Yeah, he's. I been, love Zanino. Zanino's great. He's just been one of the cheap catchers I've been going after. He's. I like him. Even like in an OBP league, he might be a negative in that category because the batting average is so low. He pulls down the OBP also, but cheap power, plenty of playing time for a dollar. Yeah. And a great fielder, great behind the plate. Right. I think that drives his playing time and lets the counting stats hopefully undo some of the uh, OBP or if your league uses average average damage that he'll probably bring. Do you, are you looking at could he be could he be Mike Napoli ish ish? Yeah. I think that's still in the range. It's weird. Some of his powers look kind of like in the underlying numbers dried up in recent years, but I still think there's a there's at least average power in that bat, if not more. This guy was a top three pick in the draft. They, was, they rushed him too, right? Like they kind of screwed yeah. up. Yeah, they did. Well, he's the Joey. Like what we're thinking of Joey Bart right now is what everyone was thinking of Mike Zanino five years ago. He was the first pick in rookie drafts and dynasty leagues years ago. Like he was supposed to be really special. And it goes back to that same thing. It's like if top prospect who can't find his way, I, I'm going to keep buying in, especially at that price, $1. I ended up getting Danny Jansen for a dollar uh, and Wilson Contreras for $6. That was kind of fun, both of those. But Why is no one on Danny Jansen? I, I don't know, but it was... What, what are we? Are we the idiots? I don't think so. No, he had a really strong spring, and, you know, for a second catcher in a in a 12-team league to get him for a buck, I, I was sure he was going to go, for, but I didn't think I was going to... I mean, Contreras for six, that was that to me was the uh, one of the real shockers. I was like, whoa, really? Okay. Like, I, I was fighting Ralph Lifshitz for um, Gary Sanchez. I think he got to 17, and I bowed out uh, because of something that Glenn Colton told me, because he didn't buy... Uh, Sanchez in his AL only. And I was like, what happened? And somebody got him for 16. I forget who it was. So I called him. I was like, Glenn, why didn't you do that? And he said, catchers with a back problem, I'm going to pass. And I figured I would put that money towards uh, Grandall, which I think is what he got. Um, but, you know, that's so Contreras for six. I was like, hey, I'll take it. All right. Um, you just said something that surprised me that was also on this list. Uh, Luke Voigt, an Ian Khan. To say he's Ian Con favorite is an understatement. Uh, DVR got him. When I was looking at the list, I'm like, Luke Voigt, oh, there it is, Ian. And I look over to the other column, it's DVR's name is next to him. Uh, A, Ian, what happened? B, DVR, is he inside your head? <laughs> uh, I you think, go first, dear. I don't know. I think maybe we have similar processes when it comes to Voigt. I think I see him as a guy who, before the injury last year, was backing up what he did in 2018. Like I, I think from... The beginning of the season until early June, I think when the injury happened, he was like mashing a good source of average, solid OBP, big power, obviously good run production in that lineup. Once he tried to play through the injury, it all kind of fell apart on him. So I've been I've been chalking up the way his 2019 season played out to the injury. And I think he's a really strong buy at his price, not only in this auction, but even in snakes at his ADP. Like he's in my head, I think he's a top 100 overall player this season, even though he's never treated like one. And Mr. Khan? Uh, I, 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 I see you coming into this draft with like, all right, here's the $11 I have set aside for Luke Voigt. Let me build around this team. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, you know what? I, I have him I have him in AL Labor. Um, and I, I got Pete Alonso I got for $27. On my, on my list, I, I wrote like really, uh, really spend on first base. 
Because first base is one of those spots where if you don't get one of the top guys, you can get Voight late. I got Miguel Cabrera in the reserve round. I'm thrilled about that. Um, but I, I, I saw Alonzo. He was pretty early. I had bought Strasburg. Alonzo shows up. I was like, tw- and it got to 23 and I jumped in. It was kind of slow. And I went 23. Somebody went 24. I went 25. Someone went 26. And I was like, do I want him for 27? I was like, you know what? In this format with his home runs, I do. So I hit 27. And once I got that, and then I was I was spending a little bit, and then Andrea Lamont threw Trey Mancini out for a buck, and nobody bid. And then I went, you know what? I'm going to bid two. And then all of a sudden, I had Trey Mancini in my corner infield spot, and I went, you know what? That's good. I'm set. And I had already gotten Otani for ten, so there really wasn't room for Void at that point. Um, and I was okay. I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm heavily invested in Void. I don't mind uh, giving him a break. But seven bucks in mixed, I think, is a great buy. Do you guys, I mean, I'm sure you're like me, we have a bunch of teams, um, and you, you, you've, you've kind of alluded to this a few times on the show. Do you guys have, like, your bizarro teams? So, like, I, like a lot of my drafts, I've noticed I get the same players. You know, Vaccaro gave me a lot of crap for this. He's like, here's our 1,000th share of uh, Lewis Brinson. But, <laughs> like, there, there, are a couple, there are a couple teams that I'm just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go off and, like, get the guys I usually don't get and see what this team looks like. And it still has elements of the guys I like, but it's not like, you know, the same 65% core with some little differences. Um, do you guys do that or, or do you just... Or, I did it last or, night. Yeah, that's what... Oh, really? I did it kind of last night. On so purpose? I have this... Uh, n- well, I'll tell you. N- not fully because I did get a... Now that I'm looking... A bunch of the pitchers are guys that I get everywhere. Yavaldi, Dylan Bundy, Marcus Stroman, Sean Mania, Glasnow, and Kershaw, right? But I took Joe Adele last night and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., because I'm like, yo, I, I just want to have fun. This is a friends and family league, and I got Adele my in my reserves. I got Austin Hayes, Joe Adele, and Dylan Carlson in a 12-team. Um, so I do do that sometimes. And I got uh, Cody Bellinger because I was at six, and he fell to six. And I was like, all right, let's get Cody Bellinger. Yeah, right. So I do do that sometimes, sure. But mostly I just get the guys I like. Diversify. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, like I, I should diversify my profile. But, uh, you know, I like these guys for a reason. And more often than not, it turns out okay. Yeah. when you, That's how you win multiple leagues in a year. Like when Clay Link won uh, TGFBI and he won another big league and came in second in Tout Wars and, you know, second in AL Labor, he was picking from the same guys. Like, these are the guys he believes in, so I'm going to take him. I have yeah. my guys that I believe in this year. Gavin Lux, I get pretty much everywhere. Um, the guy who I paid for was Glaber Torres for 22. Again, that was because of Glenn. He just keeps paying for him. And I loved what I saw in the playoffs last year. I saw him take that next step forward. I was like, for 22 bucks to get Glaber Torres in this format where stolen bases don't matter and it's just like doubles and home runs matter, um, you know, I'm sure. Again, it's, yeah. you're, the point system matters. True. Uh, by the way, I should point out, we're going to wrap this up, but uh, Michael Waterloo did a great column for us, uh, points rankings, point strategies. If, if those of you are on listening to this point, too, who are super into points leagues, I know there's a, there's a, we do tend to go roto with a lot of our rankings, a lot of our talk, but I think it's because it's, it's a very good baseline for that, like how we do half-point PPR for football and don't do standard and, and PPR as much. Uh, roto values seem to be pretty good, and then points people can adjust like Ian's talking about here, like, you know, this guy hits a lot of doubles, so I brought him up a little bit. This guy strikes out, so I brought him down a little bit. Um, but, you know, if, if you do like that stuff, check out Waterloo's stuff. He did, a, I think, like four points-based articles for us, and, uh, and he's got a chat tomorrow, the 19th. If that's, if, you know, obviously if you listen on the 19th, it's today. 
If you listen on the twentieth, it was yesterday. You can go. You can go check out the transcript. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just just in case, I know we we've heard that kind of not a complaint, but like, hey, can you do more points? So we did. We went from like one last year to four this year. So we're getting there. Four out of two hundred. Winner, bad. winner, winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Uh, so we never got to the auction prices. Maybe we can get in that next week because obviously nothing new is happening. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to get off the show and immediately look at George Washington puppets online. So, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very good show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. For your favorite soon-to-be Twitch celebrity, Ian Kahn. Bye, my friends. We'll, we'll, I look forward to getting back on with you guys next week. For the man who eventually said nice things about Ian in the chat room and then nice things about himself during his own auction in the chat room, Derek Van Ryber. Hey, I got to be my own hype man. I'm not a Defino. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week and all the way until they tell us to stop doing this. And I think it's technically DVR who's got to tell us to stop. So we're never going to stop. <laughs> it's been under the radar. The fantasy baseball. God damn it. The athletic fantasy baseball <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We roll along. Uh, Make sure to like, subscribe, follow. We love you. We'll see you soon. Stay safe, everybody. See ya.